Welcome to the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Apple Podcasts, please follow, hit the like button, or any subscribes. It really helps us with the algorithms. Santa Cruz Coffee Break is produced by the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum. All opinions are those of the speakers. We invite you to join us on the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum at SCGCPF for more fun. Now, let's get on with this installment of Santa Cruz Coffee Break. So... Let's welcome everybody to the 43rd Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum, since I forgot to press record that little red record button up there. And I'm really glad that I saw it before we got any more into it. So today, what we're going to talk about, Tad and Richard and I are going to talk about guitar wax. It's come up on the forum, and uh, it, it, it seems like it's something that before people get a little too much trouble, we might want mr hoover to clear this up for us that's flattering i'll, I'll uh, do my <laughs> best here so was that was that the question or you want to well that was the question on yeah that was okay, the question. good let's let, let, let's talk about sure. that let's roll here yeah we um, are so uh uh with you know without a preface of who we are and what we do we're assuming a lot of the listeners uh know that we're making uh, custom acoustic guitars predominantly, and we're doing whatever it takes to do the best uh, without uh, limits to uh, uh, anything but um, good taste, right? Uh, <laughs> we'll go as far as it takes to get a guitar really, really right. Um, we're prudent about what our customers spend, but we're not limited by what it takes to make the best. So with that, we run up against a lot of products that we manufacture ourselves that we use in our guitars, let's say strings, tuning machines, cases, and uh, uh, companion products like the wax. And in those cases, we don't settle for what we can get on the market because the market's limited by price targets. We design our idea of the best and we have that made for us. And the wax is no exception. Uh, we use a real traditional nitrocellulose lacquer. It's the best thing for an acoustic guitar. It's made out of the same stuff that the guitar is cellulose, which is what wood's made out of. And we have a compatibility of resonance. And if that sounds awfully subtle and like a marketing ploy, it's the combination of subtleties that we add together that give us the outcome of excellence. Um, any one of them uh, is a contributor, but together that's how we get the best. So with that mouthful, the wax is formulated to be compatible with the nitrocellulose lacquer. Um, it's not going to etch it, uh, solve it, uh, affect it, uh, color it. Um, and that's why we make it ourselves. We've had a supply chain issue here recently and, and we couldn't get it for a while. And uh, our company that made it for us is one of the casualties of COVID and they went out of business. So we have a, a temporary hiatus while we get another company to do our formulation. But I do have alternatives for you here. And, and Richard, help me remember that by the time we're done here, I'll give a recommendation. But, but here's what you're looking for in something for your guitar. Um, first, we love our guitars. We're really motivated to buy toys for our guitars and we wanna do things to make our guitars happy. And we'll spend a lot of money and sometimes it's questionable, you know, the, the benefits of what we get. There are, uh, Richard said, maybe 40 uh, waxes out there for guitars. And they're everything from uh, thoughtful compositions 
that are they're made for guitars and there's stuff that you can go to the pet boys um uh, or o'reilly's auto parts and buy for a fraction of the cost under another brand so what we want in a in something for what we're calling a wax for a guitar is protective rather than uh mildly abrasive and the difference is protective this is to keep things from getting on your guitar uh uh, wine stains, uh, jewel, uh, who knows what, um, uh, that it, it will resist getting on the actual finish and you can wipe it off easily. It also makes the guitar look shiny and you feel like you've done a good thing for your instrument. So in, in, in that regard, um, I want to think about this. Uh, you always don't have access to the formulation of what that wax is and therefore uh, 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 you want to get recommendations that you're not getting something with silicone in it. And that is the one thing that I'm going to say is probably the most important statement that I'm going to make is you don't want silicone anywhere near your guitar and it's in everything. And the reason is that it'll migrate into uh, tiny fissures or cracks and things like that and will resist any future attempt to try to repair. So if you have a um, uh, cold checks, uh, little cracks from weather or impact or something that your guitar, and you go over it with a, with a wax with silicone in it, uh, you're, you know, you're, that's it for, for eternity. Uh, you won't be able to repair that. Now, you know, maybe uh, somebody's come up with something to bypass that, but that's the knowledge I go by. So don't use an unknown wax. Um, we, of course, don't use silicone in our wax. Uh, the, the other one is uh, when you apply that any kind of uh, a wax, it's transparent when done correctly, but when it builds up, it will have an opacity and it'll look white. So when you polish your guitar with a wax, you don't want to get up around the edge of the bridge, uh, the corners of the fretboard, any, you know, any blind corner that you can't get in and wipe away, the wax will build up. And when it dries, it'll leave a white line. You've probably seen this before. And it's, it's unsightly, it's aggravating. And in your attempts to get it uh, away, you might damage your finish. Um, that's a whole other subject on how to deal with that. So there's two caveats that are important in your uh, instant polish. Um, what, again, the wax is to protect it, not to take out scratches. But the wax will have a, a mildly solvent action. So it will solve, like, again, a wine spill or things like that, where you can, uh, it'll solve it, you can wipe it away. And any, you know, anything you're using to apply or polish this, you want to be absolutely scratch free. And uh, a nice uh, uh, cloth, a polishing cloth for guitars are usually perfect for that. But beware, sometimes they're silicone treated to give you this um, uh, uh, artificial appearance of super shine. Um, and uh, that's not going to do your guitar any good. So, Richard, I'm going to pause here and make sure I'm on track with what you want for all this, because when you ask a question about guitars, I tend to think you want everything. Well, I, I, uh, um, I, I think I think that you were completely on track. You uh, you you brought up the uh, protective quality sometimes of it. And um, and you said the word drool. And I immediately go to thinking about <laughs> Well, we do get excited, you know. Yeah, we do, and and I, I know my VS sitting on the wall here is in in the uh, 
I don't want to say the blast zone, but it is in the blast zone for when my great Dane goes out back and gets a drink of water and then comes <laughs> through my office and shakes her head. And sometimes you can see that drool. Water factory. Yeah, that, that drool hits pretty bad in there. And, and uh, you, you really want to make sure it is protected from that. But also, I think your, your point is- we, so have a, we have a formulation that takes great Danes into consideration. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, that, 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 that's true. But um, I think you're absolutely right on track with, with the warning of the silicone and things like that. You know, it, 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 it's an ugly product and um, it, it, there's serious damage that can, I mean, so what are you going to do then? Get a silicone remover and start rubbing that on a 3,000-year-old Adirondack top? Go ahead. I, I, not me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we have progressive failure. Well, I will, you know, I can't continue on here because uh, there's a lot more in the, you know, the care and feeding of your guitar and what you use. Uh, I just wanted to uh, do a reality check and make sure I wasn't straying from your uh, focus today. Absolutely. Right on. Well, and, and with the new guitar. Okay. I, I take that as, as uh, an okay to, to continue on here. Um, when, uh, you know, when we're cleaning up our guitar, like I said, this, the wax is protective. And anything abrasive is, is by nature is going to remove finish. And you want to be uh, cautious with this. Uh, if you go into the auto parts store and get, uh, you know, auto, auto polish, uh, goes all the way to rubbing compound, which is really uh, where you're removing material to get beyond a scratch. And that gets pretty um, sketchy, especially if you're not uh, uh, versed in this. The finish on your guitar could be anywhere from, oh, let's say four to um, uh, seven mil on a, a, a Santa Cruz guitar. That's uh, thousandths of an inch. That's not very much. And uh, removing, you know, 20% of that um, gives you a lot less protection in the future. So don't go for unknown products again, or like uh, uh, an auto uh, an auto rubbing compound or those kind of things, because uh, you're going to shorten the life of your finish. Um, what you want is something that's, it, I should pause here. If you're trying to move super minor scratches, let's talk about uh, like a, a dry, dry fingernails, um, a, a brush against a, a linen fabric or something like that, that creates uh, little tiny scratches, uh, then, the, then there are products that will take care of that. And uh, if you can, um, if you can uh, rub that a little bit, uh, take a dry cloth over it and it goes away, you're fine. But if you're really having to bear down, the scratch may be too deep for you to actually take care of yourself. It needs to go to a pro. And here's one way you could do that. Um, you can look at it or you could, uh, a lot of phones today have an app where you can magnify it and look at something. And you can look at a scratch and you can tell if it's dented the finish, you know, if you have somewhat of a, a, a blunt uh, uh, medium that moves across the finish, it'll make a little trough, but it'll be rounded and you can see that. If it has um, uh, fractures in it, little opacity where it turns white, or heaven forbid it's gone to the wood, you'll be able to determine that. And that's not something you can polish out. Uh, give me a call, I'll give you the, the, the remedies and we'll help if we can. So back to this, if your scratches are somewhat superficial as I described, 
Um, a product that works really, really well is uh, Virtuoso. And you can spell that yourself. <laughs> Virtuoso. <laughs> and there's two, two products. Uh, I do this if we we're in conversation, but not for posterity. Uh, there's two, two versions of it. Uh, one is a cleaner uh, and one is a polish. And the difference is the cleaner is, is mildly abrasive and it will take care of superficial scratches, right? Uh, and again, same caveat, don't get it up into the corners around the fingerboard, the bridge, uh, in, in, uh, around the gear posts and things like that. Um, but uh, uh, follow instructions. You know, you, with, the, with the polish, you can immediately go to work with it. And you, uh, you rub it on and then you take a, a clean cloth and wipe it off. Remember, your, your cleaner will contaminate the rag, which will contaminate your polish. So use two different cloths to do this. Um, you'll use the cleaner to your satisfaction. And then you would follow up with the polish, which is like the wax. It's protective for the future. Um, and uh, Virtu Virtuoso makes both of those. They're designed for uh, really with finish instruments in mind. And uh, I always default to what I'm gonna call archival products. Um, uh, my research uh, starts with what do museums use for the restoration of antique objects of art, musical instruments, whatever, that just cannot be compromised. And cost isn't the object here. Uh, effectiveness, just like our guitars. So uh, we're going to the pros to learn how to uh, uh, formulate and get these products to use. So the fundamentals here is with the virtuoso polish, um, you can, I mean cleaner, you can take care of all your superficial scratches and so forth. Then you follow up with a polish as uh, instructed. Um, you apply that with a clean cloth and you wait for it to, to uh, uh, flash off or become matte looking, not shiny. And then you proceed with your cloth to, to wipe it off with, with judicious pressure. And it'll be really dramatic. It'll look great. You know, you'd be really, really happy with the results. So there, there's the fundamentals and the foundations of this. Um, uh, if somebody wants to know if a certain other product is adequate, I really can't tell you because I don't have the bandwidth to research things that, that I don't think might work, right? When I have an alternative that will. So there you go. We don't make a cleaner for the simple reason that it's not, uh, it, 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 you don't need us for that. Virtuoso does a really fine job of making a cleaner. Um, and this comes to a point that I think is important. Um, ethically, I think it's pretty crummy to take a product that exists rebrand it with your name, sell it for more when somebody could go into the store and buy it for less under a different name. So uh, Virtuoso does make a fine polish. I feel that we've taken it a step further in ours, in our wax, and unfortunately you can't get it right now. So that's why the recommendation for the Virtuoso. Whew, I better get some oxygen. What do you think now? Well, it all makes sense to me. I mean, what I would say, what I've always believed uh, or what I've always done is always start with uh, a clean cotton T-shirt. You know, one of those, That's ones, one, yeah. you know, one of those ones your partner is about to throw out just because there's six or eight holes in it or something, even though you still remember the concert. Um, and that with a <laughs> wash little. It, yeah, wash it first. 
Yeah, add that with a little water and just try cleaning with that. And then if, if I need to go a step beyond that, I might add the tiniest bit of soap just so that you have something that'll cut any grease or oil that might be there. Both said with the caveat. Yeah, but with the caveat that the finish has to be intact. If there are checks and cracks in the finish, you have to be really careful. And that's the one thing I've seen too often people who have old guitars that have uh, a lot of checking or spider webbing in the finish and they wipe them down with an oil thinking that's going oh, to nice. feed that goes away for guitar. three seconds <laughs> well and it, and it soaks into the cracks and then gets into the wood and and it it can really screw things up <laughs> you know that's that's really good Ted. And I absolutely concur. And thank you. I, did, I, I forgot to start at the very beginning. Before you use a, a commercial product on this, the super soft uh, scratch-free cloth, uh, a little warm water, and if necessary, uh, a tiny bit of uh, 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 detergent like uh, Dawn is a recommendation because that's what we use to degrease ducks. And, and, and the waterfowl that wash up on the beach from oil spills. Um, so it's safe for them, it'll be safe for your guitar with the caveats that you came up with. That's beautiful. And it's not, you know, again, our, our compulsion is to spend money on our guitar because we think it appreciates it, right? And sometimes it's not necessary. Mine really likes those little squeaky toys. Good. Uh, you're, I need your audio uh, just a little bit, Ted. Oh, okay. <laughs> I said mine really likes those little squeaky toys. Oh, yeah. You know, whatever it takes. That, you know, that is the, the key behind. Uh, I, I'm, uh, you can edit this out if it's too much, but anecdote about Bill Schultz, rest his soul, who was the uh, boss of Fender Guitars. And they hired him out of the industry to, um, uh, you know, uh, write fender in their in, in their days when it was a little rough there and uh uh he had the brilliant idea to say uh you know here's my request for compensation but if you could do this you know my my wife needs uh 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 something to do uh let me use the fender name to put it on like uh you know like key fobs and and coffee mugs okay and give me that business and i'll be okay and of course, he turned that into a glorious empire. It's like having Harley Davidson uh, uh, or Levi's brand on something. And he did really, really well with that. So uh, knowing that people love to buy treats for their guitar, and uh, it doesn't matter what it is, bar stool, you know, a wax, whatever. So uh, caveat, emptor. Well, you just, you just gave me the uh, uh, idea of... Uh... Uh, Ted and I were talking a little bit. He had seen a piece, a couple pieces of the tree that he he bought for twenty bucks at at, at a show. Why isn't there a tree stool? Oh wow! <laughs> you know. Oh, you I bought mean, little pieces of tree mahogany. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's probably big enough for ukulele back. You know, maybe a single O, but no sides, and uh, they're not matched. But you know. Hey, it's still the tree and there's still beautiful wood. You know, thank you. We, uh, I've collected the sound holes from the ancient spruce, and, uh, you know, we do have tree cutoffs, and we do get tree that's just not big enough uh, for that. So my mind is racing. Um, and, and again, I'm always trying to 
uh, make sure that I'm approaching this according to you know my and Santa Cruz values that we're not gaming anybody. But there's something very cool in having a piece of uh, uh, natural wonder like that. Okay, I'll get to work. I have, uh, uh, I have, uh, I'm going to try to show this. This is what happens when a, a Great Dane takes your, your, tr your sound hole uh, cut out. Oh, that's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and you walk in the room and you find it in 80 million pieces. Yum, yum. And yet I've still saved it because it's a cool piece of wood, you know? You know, that's, that is so nice with, with uh, great pain drool on it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, well, DNA embedded in the teeth marks, you know, as, as, yeah. as, as, as she was chewing it up. Um, great. Well, one of the, one of the uh, most uh, fruitful yields on Facebook for us was the picture of Lulu with a, with a guitar top in her mouth. You know, she's yeah. carrying it across the room. And uh, uh, people found all sorts of joy in that. Yeah, and behind her was a bucket of bones. Uh, you know, we used to we used to buy our bones at the butcher shop and give her a bone to keep her quiet. You know, it was like Teletubbies for the dog. And uh, <laughs> and over the years, we filled up a big wooden bucket, and that's in the background. And that really got people going. Yeah, it's uh, we love our pets, probably. We do. Probably as much as we love our instruments, but all um, relevant. Yeah, that that's all relevant. Pay close attention to this. <laughs> Dad, I, 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 do we need to pick his brain anymore? Or I think that we've got a we've got a pretty pretty clear description here. And and again, the reason that that I, I put a fire under this, Richard, and I'm really sorry, but when I was a kid, we had we were all we all had these little chemistry sets, you know, these fold out. Hell yeah. He fold out three thin chemistry sets and a friend of mine oh took, yeah we, we took it into his basement and literally blew his house up um <laughs> fortunately fortunately no one was really maimed but the kid was legendary in fourth grade you know because he had literally blown oh, his, his house that's up. that's secure that secured his cred for life he blew his Com house up Com yeah. completely <laughs> And I started to see people going down some rabbit holes on the on the forum, and went, "No, we don't need any." Of course, any houses blown up, you know. Well, we, we, of course. We, well, <laughs> yeah, the next the be next best thing to buying a toy for your guitar is discovering something that nobody else knows. And uh, you're right; people are in dangerous uh, territory well, in that can, regard. Can and get there quick. <laughs> in fact, this this was a uh, this was a bit of a. Um, embryonic thought for me and this question really brought it to the fore um uh and and it, and what i'm going to say this doesn't come from hubris it comes from a real desire to serve our customers um is we've developed this expertise over almost 50 years now and we know how to do things right for your guitars and how to do things wrong and uh whereas i kind of bought before at uh, logo products and swag and so forth. We're doing a real service to people if we offer them something that's assured to be the right product for the guitar, as long as we're not rebranding, as I said. And so I'm taking this wax thing seriously, and I'll get back to that uh, formulation. We'll, uh, uh, you know, we'll come down to your neighborhood for the concourse elegance and pinch mm. some of those people selling, uh, uh, you know, restored. Uh, cars uh, products for 
like uh, what we had is our formulation for wax. There was a similar product on the market that was $90 an ounce in uh, $1990 that they sold at the Concourse Elegance to polish. Because, you know, those uh, multi-million dollar restorations, many times are, their cars are finished with nitrocellulose because it has the stuff, you know, it's sexy, it looks really expensive and they want to take care of it and they can't use, uh, you know, just off the shelf products for that. So uh, I'll get back on that and make sure that we have something available. Um, and, you know, people can look forward to other things that are good for their guitar as well, that are true added value. So there's my, uh, doing my job uh, promoting our swag. <laughs> Richard made reference to the Concourse d'Elegance and it, what it is, is it happens here in Pebble Beach uh, every August. And uh, one year I was fortunate enough to photograph the winning car. And I had to wear a tie and a jacket and I was given five polishers. And when the, wow. car, when the car won, they wheeled it onto the 18th green and these five guys went in there and polished this thing. They had 10 minutes to do it. I had five minutes to shoot it, to shoot it. And they were especially for different parts it, of the guitar. Exactly. And they were, they were yeah. like so focused, you know, this guy did the wheels, this guy did this, this guy did this. And it was, it was pure ballet to watch. Wow. Yeah. Just, it just so, if we think that you know we're, we're, we're treating our guitars well um unless you got five roadies <laughs> shining it uh, up for you, you that's, know. that's beautiful i love that story uh richard can i take a uh uh a liberty here i, I want to give you guys a, a, a an anecdote that i think's relevant and maybe you can use it for another uh podcast or something but with your permission i'll go into it okay Please do. Agreed. You don't know what it is. But Agreed. I don't have any idea, but I'm on, well, the, on the pony. You you watch these guys jump on, polish this guitar to perfection in 10 minutes. And uh, they weren't born that way. It came from practice. And um, uh, uh, really what we are um, offering people, what we sell is our time and expertise from practice. And uh, I had a real revelation at, at, at 33 years old. Uh, I was playing baseball. I played three teams a year. I was playing baseball and, uh, and we performed a triple, pet, a triple play, which is really unusual. Um, and it, was, it went like a ballet. It went so quickly. Everybody had to stop and figure out what just happened. And, and I had this revelation that, that worked because we'd done this fundamental so many times that we knew without thinking what to do next and it went beautifully and fluidly and it happened. And this is how silly my thinking was. I went, oh, if you do something over and over again, you can get really good at it. And, and <laughs> that's what they mean by practice. And it was a revelation. And as simple as that sounds, I was the, I was the young man that thought I was so smart that with practice was for people that didn't quite get it as quick as me, right? Uh, that I get it out by figuring it out. And, and, and coming to realize that nature of practice, I started looking for it elsewhere. Um, uh, you know, I, I could cut a 17 inch straight line on the side of a fingerboard and only vary a couple of thousandths of an inch. 
that's almost inhuman. But I couldn't tell you if a two by four was 12 feet long or eight feet long, right? Because I didn't have that reference. So uh, uh, this practice issue is, is what we buy from someone else. And I was sitting at lunch with my sweetheart and I was watching out the window and a truck pulled up. A guy got out with a shovel and some stuff and he patched a hole in the road and he got back to his truck and drove, drove away. But, the, but his economy of motion, the fluidity was beautiful to watch. You can see the same thing in a, in a mother handling her third baby, you know, after time. And I can't, I can't tell you how much I respect now how people develop the expertise through practice. And I realize that's part of the service that we, uh, that we give to people when we build a guitar. They, they, they really are, they really are buying your, your experience. You know, the, 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 big, the big art story in exactly in that same caveat is Ansel making Moonrise Hernandez. And he oh, was- Oh, I have that in my house. He was that driving, he, he was driving down the road. He saw it happen. He ditched the car. It was 4.30 at night. The sun was almost down. He ditched the car. He could not find an exposure meter in the car. And he, uh -huh. and, he, and he looked at the scene and he'd done it so many times. He said, set it for this and go with it. And oh, that's it, awesome. And, and you and you have that that example. And it's the worst looking negative you've ever seen. Um, I've, I've, I've held it. I've gotten to print it. It's an eight by really? 10, eight by 10 neg. And, um, it's the worst looking thing you've ever seen. There are something like 45 different modifications to make that the image that you see. He does 45 different things when he was making that picture. Wow. You know, that just, is that's just, perfect. But it's perfect for exactly what you're saying, because here is, this, a... here is this, this this absolutely beautiful wonderful thing that is, is like a guitar is is known around the world and it it's happened haunting. yeah it's it happened because he was prepared and he was practiced and he was ready oh that's good and uh, and he had Seema Weatherwax who was a master in the dark room that worked with his stuff who was a a, a personal friend of Beth's um that that is a lovely legacy. We'll have to have some beer talk about that. Yeah, yeah, Collections yeah. And Adam and, and or, uh, Captured Light. Uh, oh, Moonrise over, over Hernandez is so haunting and, and, it's a, and uh, inspirational. It's Thanks for a, that. It's nice such, a, such a beautiful, beautiful thing to look at. Um, Tad, do we need his brain anymore or are we going to let him go and have a Saturday? I was hoping before we left this topic, that, you know, we might talk a little bit about some other care and maintenance issues on the guitar. I mean, sure. the, the fretboard and the bridge are not finished. So maybe we should real quickly talk about how you would recommend taking care of those. And also something that comes up from time to time is lubricating the tuning machines. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, these are the kinds of things that, that we might as well cover because when people are polishing their guitar, and waxing it and polishing it out, they're usually doing the whole kit and caboodle. Let's make sure they do all of it right. Um, I'm gonna try to capture those questions you just asked. Maybe you could help me with that. Uh, so we were talking about uh, uh, tuner lube. Right. Uh, of uh, uh, unfinished fingerboard uh, oiling. Okay, I'll get those and, and uh, 
help me remember anything else yeah. you have there. Because, I mean, there um, are some products that they sell and promote for fingerboards that I don't think should be anywhere near a guitar. Oh, they could have silicone in them, remember. Yeah. Yeah, remember. Um, so uh, let's address the fingerboard issue. A lot of folklore on that. Um, and some of it's existed forever. You know, the, the uh, stuff that I read and heard uh, pre-internet in like 1967 when I got my first guitar is still perpetuated today. And some of it is like uh, hooey, some of it's marketing, whatever. But let's just go to the facts here. Yes, the fingerboard is unfinished uh, and it's hydroscopic. It'll take on and lose moisture. If it loses too much moisture, it'll crack. Um, and if it gets too much, uh, the frets could come loose, whatever. But we don't take our guitars swimming. But we don't take our Santa Cruz's to the beach. Um, pretty much we avoid those extremes. Uh, and a lot of this folklore comes from back in the day where people were really unsophisticated about their instruments. I bought my uh, Harmony H150 for $47.50, which is a fortune to me back then. Uh, but I, you know, I just assumed it was indestructible. You know, I could take it camping, I could take it to the beach, I could do whatever I wanted with it. And this is where some of these caveats come up with about protecting your guitar because people were uh, uh, not super cautious. So the fingerboard as an unfinished surface, uh, we treat it when we build the guitar. Um, uh, you know, it's sanded to a really fine grit to make it look really nice. And then we use uh, uh, a product to, uh, to kind of seal it from moisture, uh, but it's not a finish, it's something that actually uh, is absorbed into the wood. And this, you know, we've gone, we've used pure linseed oil in the past, which is tricky uh, because it can go rancid and so forth. We've used Dr. Duck's Axe Wax, which worked fine for us. And then we've used Stuart McDonald's formulation for fingerboard and, and bridge feeding. And uh, that's great. You know, Stuart McDonald has a great reputation for caring about us and our guitars and they do a good job. Uh, we don't make that ourselves because we didn't, again, we didn't find a need for it. If I can in the future find a better way to do it, you can bet we will. But what that is, is it's a really judicious application. And, uh, what you'd want to do first is you'd want to clean your fretboard. And uh, we could use just what we talked about with guitar. You could use a soft cloth maybe to get most of the stuff. But you see on older guitars where you get these little snowdrifts of, of uh, unspeakable gunk you know, up, in the, up against the frets. And that takes a little doing. Now the, fret, the fretboard uh, is built with the grain running north and south and uh, uh, a little woodworking primer. When you, when you sand or polish anything, you go in the same direction as the grain. Otherwise, you'll make scratches that are really hard to get out. So if you were to use anything more than a soft cloth to clean that up, let's say, for instance, a four-aught steel wool, zero, 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 uh, which you can buy in the store. Um, uh, you could use that with the grain to get some of that gunk off. Um, since you're going uh, perpendicular to the frets, it's hard because that stuff is up against the fret. But you could take uh, something like a, uh, a Q-tip, uh, work each side of the fret to get that stuff off. Now, caveat, 
steel wool is made out of steel and it will defoliate little tiny corkscrews and those can get in your eyes. They can also attach to electromagnetic, electromagnetic pickups. So you got to be careful with it, where that stuff goes and really clean with it. But once you clean that fretboard, um, then you would apply the oil and uh, you don't squirt it on the board. You put a few drops on the cloth and you work a section of the board at a time. So I'm going to say the whole, the, the total 17 or 18 inches of the fingerboard, you could probably do with uh, maybe six to eight drops uh, of a, a product. You don't need more than that. And you wipe it on the, you, you know, you gently wipe it on the board. It'll look wet. You let it flash or dry. And then you, then you polish it off. And again, it's best to go with the grain of the fretboard to do that. Um, that'll give you a, a really nice look. It'll feed the wood, but what it won't do is it won't put so much oil in that you start to, to compromise the integrity of the seating of the fret. Uh, the fret's held in uh, with, a, with kind of a, a, a wedging keyed action into the wood. And you can imagine if you made that wood uh, oily or gooshy, you're gonna have problems with your frets. And how long do you need to do that? twice a year, uh, twice a year, maybe uh, too much. You know, you, what you're doing is you're keeping it from building up gunk on it and you're cleaning it up and just in, in, in making it nicer. Uh, the, you're not gonna have your frets fall out if you never do that, right? Um, many, uh, uh, you know, I see guitars that are 70, 80 years old that have never had any work done on them at all. The frets don't come out because you didn't oil it, right? The frets come out from excessive dryness. So the bridge is the same way. Um, you know, when you change your strings and to counteract some internet folklore, there's no problem in taking all the strings off your guitar for a really short period of time. Uh, I wouldn't because if you have an adjustable truss rod, it's set against the pull of the strings. You take the strings off, it's going to keep pulling and the strings back on it may have over uh, uh, straightened or bowed your neck. So it, it, it's good to, when you change strings, again, to do them one at a time. But to get to the bridge uh, and get the bridge pins out, let's say, again, twice a year maximum, um, you would uh, do the same thing. The, the bridge is not going to collect a lot of grime. So usually a, a soft cloth will get most stuff off of it. And uh, then you can go with like a couple of drops of oil. Um, it's good not to get that onto the finish. It won't really damage the finish. It's just hard to get off because it spreads out and it'll leave a shiny spot around your bridge. So polish that off and you're good. And those are the, the bare wood surfaces of the, of the guitar. Uh, I've never heard anybody polishing their uh, bridge pins, wooden bridge pins or end pin, because usually those have some kind of finish on them anyway to do that. So that, that would cover your uh, wood part of it. Uh, the, the gears uh, are contextual. All gears don't need lubrication. Some of them are kind of lubricated. Uh, closed back gear like a shallower M6A or a, um, uh, a uh, Goto, uh, they're, they're sealed. They're sealed bearings. There's stuff in there. There's no reason for you to pry the gear apart. Lubricate. Uh, the old clues and stay tights uh, you might remember had a little tiny hole in there, but they were also packed with grease and trying to 
get uh, oil in there would, would uh, uh, wasn't possible. If the gears are like 50 years old, yeah, it might be time to, to do that. But uh, open back gears, it's, it's a delicate process. If you were going to uh, lubricate those, what it would be is not a three-in-one that, you, you know, oil that you the can go, you know, knock, 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 and, and squirt onto it. It would be something you would put onto a Q-tip and then apply to the worm drive of the gear and uh, without the strings on and turn it to get it in there. So it's very, very little stuff. Uh, things like TriFlow uh, uh, are silicone based, don't use those. WD-40 is funny. It's, it's, WD stands for water displacement. It's, it's a way to get stuff ready to oil rather than a lubricant in itself. Those products aren't good for that. Uh, Singer sewing machine oil has always been a real favorite for purity uh, in fine machinery and stuff like that. And again, Q-tip, a dab on your open back gear and you'll feel really good. Uh, those gears are designed uh, pretty much to run a lifetime without, without trouble, but uh, judiciously you could oil them. Not once a month, uh, probably not twice a year. Uh, and not not after they start to squeak and grind, but somewhere in between there. And I realize that sounds a little ambigu and ambiguous, but it is because I don't know how often you, you uh, uh, go back and forth with your tuning machines, open tuning and things like that. The more you do, uh, then the more you should consider lubrication. If you don't, it's not the end of the world. Um, what like care and maintenance? We talked about the finish. We talked about the machines, uh, the bare wood. Um, uh, you know, getting into humidity, temperature control is another big subject. And I would really advise anybody to uh, to access our website uh, com and and read the care and feeding on uh, humidity control temperature control, and uh, uh, how to look after your guitar in that regard. Uh, we will be coming up with a product soon that's finally gotten to the place we can recommend it. And uh, uh, it's a way to control humidity within the case of your guitar. Everybody knows uh, the folklore of uh, putting a soap dish with a sponge in it, uh, with water, with holes, or whatever. Um, that's not enough. Uh, it's not enough usually in really dry climates. And there's a lot of commercial products uh, that do it. But what we've been working on for, for like a decade and a half is a medium that was developed for museum uh, objects of art to control the humidity. And it both, it both uh, uh, exudes moisture and it captures it. It's almost too good to be true. And it's, and it's designed at around 55% of say. And so it's a product you can put in your case that will keep the humidity stabilized within reason. Uh, and we'll be packaging that and including that in our stuff soon. Um, so anyway, that's a larger go on. Can you think of anything yourself, you guys as players that you would wonder about for maintenance of your guitar? No, I I think you covered it, though. I mean, I just thought it was good to go over the whole instrument since that's kind of what we're doing yeah. here. And that covers it nicely. I mean, I think we need to make sure to recommend people, if they don't have a Santa Cruz guitar, um, that they should check into what the care and feeding of whatever finish might be on their guitar, because it could be different. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, if you have a Santa Cruz guitar, obviously, listen to Richard. 
<laughs> you know, I did think of something that's really, really a helpful suggestion. You know, of course, we get a lot of guitars sent back to it for service and almost no warranty stuff. It's almost always uh, uh, wear items like uh, like tires on a car. You know, the nut can wear, the frets can wear, the saddle can wear, and we and we do replacements and setups and plex service for people to get their guitar tip top shape. And when they ship it, we always emphasize go into your little boot in your case, your little compartment, and take out the keys, the spare screws, the um, uh, ephemera uh, that you have in there, because it has an uncanny way of working out of that pocket and dancing around on your guitar and shipping. Um, uh, no matter how secure that seems, uh, you know, if you have to ship your guitar, transport it uh, on an airplane or whatever, uh, clear that out and put that, uh, that um, invaluable ephemera someplace else. And the battery. Oh, thank you. That's right. Battery can do uh, <laughs> remarkable damage. Uh, 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 you think you'd had a bowling ball in there? Yeah. With teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Two, two teeth. <laughs> two, ra two round teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Ugly. Um, thank you. Thank you, Richard. Uh, yes. Yeah. Most, most fun and most informative and a great way to spend a Saturday. And uh, we'll post this tomorrow for, um, to try and keep the fire, trying to keep the fires low. <laughs> out well, there. I, I think that's beautiful. And I, I'm glad to be of service. And, you know, I, I'm sorry I said this, but, um, uh, I do an imitation uh, of a busy guy I've heard, but what I'm really doing is I'm killing time in between the opportunities to talk about guitars. So uh, emailing me or giving me a call, uh, uh, I love to be of service and I love talking about instruments. And again, I always give this caveat, I'm not gonna burden you with opinions. Uh, you could go on the uh, forums, uh, that's the place for opinions. I'll give you the physics, uh, the, the products of experimentation, and the best information I can. Yeah, there's, there's some, some fun stuff that, that um, I'm going to present to you soon, pretty soon. I, I just saw an uh, amazing article about um, being able to control the pH and uh, moisture in, in, um, in wood that they're coming out with a, a new, it was a scientific American thing and it was way, way, way deep down, deep down the rabbit hole, but uh, that's great. yeah, some really interesting stuff. And I know that uh, you'll have some stuff to tell us next time we talk. Uh, we will, let me give you yeah. a tease here. Uh, our, our uh, uh, you know, scientific inquiry into uh, wood, uh, how it works, uh, uh, the inherent qualities of tone in a particular piece and how to manipulate that has come a really long ways in the last year. And we've been at this for 20 years. Uh, and it is uh, uh, some uh, potential to change the way that the industry works with wood instruments. And uh, uh, to a large degree, that will become open source because I strongly believe in that. Um, I also believe in simultaneous discovery, and I know there's a lot of things in, in taking parallel courses in, uh, uh, amongst other guitar companies. But one of the things that, that uh, we're, we're the breakthrough is, is uh, guitar makers aren't scientists, and scientists 
don't know what they're looking for. And if we put the two together, uh, we can come up with uh, a remarkable breakthroughs. And I know that is a little uh, short of fact, but we'll get into that soon. And we're going to have a lot of fun with that. Great. Can't wait. Yeah, as always, it's wonderful to talk to you, Richard. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll really look forward to that next time we get to talk to you. Oh, dang. Now I have to go imitate being busy till we talk again. Well, that's okay. <laughs> go, go play with the dog. <laughs> Thanks, brothers. Always Thank a pleasure. You. Thank you. Always see you. Happy springtime. Take you care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this installment of the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. For more music-related fun, please join the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum at scgcpf or santacruzguitarplayers.com. If you have any questions or possible podcast topics, please contact us. If you have a product or service that you feel would be of value to our listeners, please consider adding your support and keeping the coffee pot on. Contact us for more information. We ask that you hit the like, follow, bell, or bookmark buttons so we can keep you informed of upcoming podcast episodes. We hope you enjoyed Santa Cruz Coffee Break. Now it's time to go play your guitar.